I've listened to Rolling Papers by Wiz Khalifa for a year. And I listened to it once yesterday. Welcome to Spin It. everybody and welcome back to spin it the record ranking podcast for people who would rather be listening to music i'm james and with me rolling up is connor and i just mean rolling up like you're arriving to the show like i'm arriving not that i'm doing drugs right <laughs> be clear. i understand the confusion in this episode in particular a lot of people who listen to this podcast might go there's no way he's not on drugs Trust me, I'm this weird sober. <laughs> just my asthma medication. I'm not asthmatic. What do you take? Just my... You don't take anything, do you? I don't take anything. I'm peak human perfection. I mean, I am the perfect human being. I'm what every human strives for. <laughs> are, are you? That's why I'm their champion. People crave to be me. I don't know about that. But hey, you know what? This is finally not a special episode. This is going to be the most unspecial episode we've ever done. Well, hang on. Wow, that's rude. Well, I just mean we did the Gopher Day special. Then we did the Grammy special, and then we did the Valentine special. Sure. And technically, this is the closest episode that comes out to Leap Year. So shout out if you're listening on Leap Year. But really, we're not like celebrating anything. It's not. It's not a special. Yeah, but it's still a special episode. I mean, it is a special episode. Every episode is special in its own way. We get to hang out, talk about music, and enjoy each other's company. That's true. If that's not special, I don't know what is. Very good point. Yeah, and the music we're talking about this week is Wiz Khalifa and his album Rolling Papers. How much Wiz Khalifa do you know? I'm going to go out on a limb and guess the numbers close to nothing. It's actually... Uh, hang on, I gotta do some quick math. Seven times larger than that? Oh my gosh, wow. I know. That's a whole lot of nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no Wiz Khalifa whatsoever. I bet you kind of knew some Wiz Khalifa. I mean, I'm sure I've probably heard it, and I know who he is, so... Who he whiz. Who he, who he whiz. Is that the past <laughs> tense of is? Like, he is or he whiz? Maybe for this week it, it should be. <laughs> Did you listen to Payphone by Maroon 5 when that was big? Wiz Khalifa had a feature on that. Oh, yeah, Payphone. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that was my first exposure to him. And my actual first Wiz Khalifa album that I ranked was, I'll be frank, a mistake. I listened to his self-titled album, Khalifa, from like 2016, and that's not really a proper album, is what I learned after I listened and scored that one. That's like a compilation of songs that didn't make it onto other albums, I believe, and so it did not score the greatest, but I could tell. I was like, I need to give him another chance. I need to pivot, because he, he had a lot of potential. I liked what I was hearing. It's just that particular album wasn't getting it done. And so I pivoted to Rolling Papers, and that's how I landed with this one. Oh. And I'll be honest, it did do a lot better. Wow. Yeah. I, I'm always afraid, slightly, to venture back into rap and hip-hop with you. It's getting better. I think I've taken you to much lower lows than this. What I assume will be a bit of a low for you. But say, wow, we need to just assume. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Just based on your scoring history, this isn't something that usually makes it towards the top range of your points. Hmm. Well, you just box me into a corner like that. Okay. Sorry, Wiz Khalifa. I guess you're getting a low score this week. No. Whether I wanted to or not. James said so. No, I don't. You can do whatever you want. Give him whatever score you want. I'm just predicting based on data from the past. Can't extrapolate this data. It's true. You're pretty unextrapolatable. And don't you forget it. I won't. Let's talk about Wiz Khalifa. Wiz Khalifa, Wizborn. Are we doing that? Are we sticking with that? <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, we're absolutely sticking with that. Well, he was born 
Cameron Tomas in 1987, like Thomas, but with a Z instead, the cool way to spell Thomas. He wouldn't actually pick up his stage name until he was a teenager. Wiz comes from the first part of the word wisdom, and he borrowed Khalifa from Arabic, meaning successor. And he also said people would give him the nickname Young Wiz because he was a whiz at everything he tried to take on as a kid, much like you in some ways. He was peak human perfection. He was what people aspired towards. I was a bit of a whiz kid. You were a whiz kid. He was a whiz kid. Literally. He's a whiz adult now, too. Whoa! Can you say the same? (laughs) Nah, I was a whiz kid, but now I is a was kid. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. So stupid. You know, I guess I can't really argue with that. That's that's a very interesting statement. (laughs) Young Wiz grew up in a military family with divorced parents, so he was frequently on the move all over the place, from North Dakota to Europe to Japan and finally to Pittsburgh, all by the time he was nine years old. But, as some of you may already know, Pittsburgh is the home that he claims now, and it was a huge, huge influence for him musically. Mm. Cameron started to write his own music by the time he was in high school, and he was influenced a lot by the music of Outkast, Lil John, and 3-6 Mafia. Mm. By 15, Wiz Wiz booking time in a local studio. It's going to get confusing <laughs> to listen to. I know. I love it. Maybe if I de-emphasize <laughs> it. Wiz was booking time. That works. Yeah. Wiz was booking time in a local studio. And when he was recording, the owner would take him on as an intern in exchange for free studio time. He said, look, if you work here, I'll let you record here for free. And that's a great deal. When you're 15, Yeah. you know, you get the job experience. You get the recording time. Heck yeah. Right, it's big. Made me always want to work at an ice cream shop. Really? Those kind of perks. Free ice cream? If I worked fast food, it would be at like an ice cream place so I could get free ice cream, exactly. Yeah. Never did, though. That dream died. Well, it's not dead yet. You could do it anytime. Well, I'm not a whiz kid anymore. You don't need to be a whiz kid to work at ice cream shops. Yeah, it's just not the same. Now, as an adult, I have to worry about things. The dream of working in an ice cream shop is a whiz kid dream. Yeah, that dream is all dead. But for young Wiz, the dream was very much still alive. Within a year, not the ice cream shop dream, the music dream. <coughs> I have this uh, airbrush cleaner that I ordered. Yeah. And I, I picked it up and I was looking at it and I wonder what this smells like. And so I took the cap off and I sniffed it and that's why I start coughing really bad <laughs> because it just smelled like paint thinner. Yeah. You let the intrusive thought win. <laughs> I did. I, the intrusive thought. I absolutely won. I got a little high right there. I know I said I wasn't a druggie. Oh, but... yeah. 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 The, of all the episodes. Uh huh. Take a deep breath of not the fumes of clean air. That's better. Well, within one year of working in a studio as an intern at age 15, he would be discovered by the president of Rostrum Records, who said you could just tell that he was a diamond in the rough. And then with some polishing, guidance, and backing, he could become something special. So he was on track for a seven-year development program with Rostrum Records. And in 2005, he put out his first mixtape called Prince of the City, Welcome to Pistolvania. Nice. Yeah. And then that was followed up by a second record called Show and Prove. That got him signed with Warner Brothers Records in 2007. And despite a successful breakout single in the track Say Yeah, he was never able to put out a proper album with Warner Brothers. And he left two years later. Thankfully, he still had Rostrum to work with and fall back on. And he put out four or five more mixtapes with them and another album called Deal or No Deal. And of course, all those projects earned him a ton of recognition in the hip-hop world and even earned him a slot opening for... 
Yugod of Wu-Tang Clan Renown, who we talked about on episode 117. Nice. Mm -hmm. All that success also brought him to Atlantic Records in 2010, who finally gave him the opportunity to record that beautiful major label debut studio album and third full album overall, after all those mixtapes in between, Rolling Papers, the one we're talking about right now. But at this point in his career, Wiz is riding a high. His last mixtape called Cushion Orange Juice was huge, and he was MTV's hottest breakthrough hip-hop artist at the time. He was also turning down tour offers from big, big acts like Drake. He's just like turning down big stuff, but that's because he's so focused on his next step and on this record. He first announced it in January of 2011, like 13 years ago. Rolling Papers, he says, is a triple entendre. Firstly, and most obvious is the smoke rolling papers like you would roll a joint yeah clearly he's a fan of recreational marijuana at one point he said he spent more than ten thousand dollars on weed every month whoa that's a lot that's a lot of money i presume that's also a lot of weed (laughs) but i don't really know yeah better be right i know the second part of the triple entendre though was his dismissal from warner yeah he said i got my contract rolled up and smoked and so he's happy to be free from it on the other side this is a little bit like his version of nsync's no strings attached yeah they said oh wow no strings attached in our management and wiz said they rolled up my contract and smoked it and so now rolling papers and finally the third part of the triple entendre much like lil wayne and several other rappers out there for this record he decided to stop writing out all his lyrics on paper or on his phone. He had some major ideas and like lyrical beats that he wanted to hit, but the rest of his flow just came naturally off the top of his head. He said, the first thing that came to my head is how I really, really feel. I feel like this is my most natural sound. I was real focused. Now this is a new kind of a rap album for us, a little bit, a new corner of the genre in that it's a little more pop rap, kinda. You know, the last couple rap albums we've done have been earlier, almost like rap history. We did A Tribe Called Quest and we did Wu-Tang Clan. Sure. I think maybe the closest we've done to Rolling Papers is Lil Wayne and the Carter Three, but definitely it's not as big or bold or edgy in a lot of ways. It's just different. I don't know. My theory on this one, my experiment in this hip-hop album that I'm giving to you is that you like pop music, but you hate rap. Sure. So maybe pop music brings us closer to a neutrally buoyant album. Maybe we're closer to a balance here. He definitely spends a lot more time singing on this album. Mm-hmm. And like actually in vocal melody than a lot of other rappers we've talked about. But obviously there's still some hallmark things that you've been critical of historically. So we'll see. We'll, we'll get to know what you thought in a bit. Rolling Papers got five singles, Black and Yellow, Roll Up, On My Level, The Race, and No Sleep. It's a pretty solid set. Maybe actually my top five from the record are pretty close to it. And they were popular. You know, they were big hits. Black and Yellow topped the charts and turned out actually to be one of the biggest best-selling hip-hop songs of 2010. I mean, odds are that you've heard it, right? Even I had heard it or heard it referenced for years and years and years before I ever looked at Wiz Khalifa. Was that true? I mean, you said you knew seven times nothing, but did you know Black and Yellow a little bit? I did. I knew Black and Yellow a little bit, and it's not on this album, but I know he did a song in the not good 
Suicide Squad movie. Oh, in the first Suicide Squad. Yeah. Not the Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad. Yeah. I forgot about that. That song is by Lil Wayne, Wiz Khalifa, and Imagine Dragons with Logic and Ty Dolla Sign and X Ambassadors. Yeah. What a song. I don't know if I've ever heard it in full, but that's an interesting lineup. But yeah, Black and Yellow was a big hit. Roll Up also hit number 13. On My Level got to number 52, The Race to number 56, and No Sleep was kind of a sleeper hit. It was the second highest charting single at number six, which I did not expect. Listening to this album and then looking up where things placed and charted, I couldn't believe No Sleep was the second highest. It also debuted at number 38 on the Billboard Pop Charts, so it was kind of a crossover hit, which may have been what sent it so high on the hip-hop charts. Despite all of the single success, I do think the rest of the album was pretty lukewarm with critics from what I could tell. It got a 59 out of 100 score on Metacritic, and people called it uninspired, kind of basic, and boring. Uh, People criticized the tracks of running together kind of indistinctly. There's not a lot of bite. Honestly, I think sometimes pretty fair criticisms of this album that we'll get into. But it wasn't like universally loved or praised or acclaimed, you know? Sure. Fans seemed to like it, though. On the charts, it debuted at number two, selling almost 200,000 copies in its first week. The reason it ended up at number two is that it couldn't beat out Britney Spears. Wow. Mm-hmm. Britney hit him one more time. <laughs> By 2016, though, Rolling Papers would go double platinum for selling more than 2 million copies. So that's the album. That's Rolling Papers. As for the rest of his career, you know, good, bad, or otherwise, Khalifa starts to pick up more and more and more mainstream appeal, and he's been really, really hard at work since 2011 when Rolling Papers came out with touring, with recording. He's put out four more proper studio albums, five collab albums, 11 EPs, 14 mixtapes, and then, once again, that self-titled compilation album, Khalifa, which wasn't my favorite. But he's also taken on 11 huge headlining tours, he's acted in four films, and he's even appeared on 10 TV shows, both in character and as himself. Probably not at the same time, but wouldn't that be fun? (laughs) A character played by Wiz Khalifa meets Wiz Khalifa. Whoa. Yeah. As for awards and accolades, he's got 25 major award wins on 100 nominations. That's a win rate of 25%. Pretty good, honestly. Pretty solid. I mean, I'd take 25% success rate. I know, right? It'd be pretty great. If I knew that I was going to be 25% successful... That'd be pretty good. Yeah, you probably do a lot more. Honestly, it's kind of a broken power. Oh, is it only 25% successful? I would argue, like, how far down does that go? If you're 25% successful at everything, that'd be really bad. What if you're 25% successful at stepping or taking a drink? Uh, You'd want way better odds than that. You're right. Yeah, yeah, it depends on how far down it goes. Maybe I am 25% successful and all my success is just being eaten up by my steps. That's it. All the things that you do well are boring, like breathing. (laughs) Yeah. Mr. No Asthma. And then everything else (laughs) that you fail... It just helps temper your average. Dang. What a weird way to look at life. Yep. Like, imagine just even being 1% successful, and that, like that's a guarantee. Just go to apply for 100 CEO jobs. And you're guaranteed to get one of them. There you go. You're now a CEO. Okay, touche. <laughs> you know, it's kind of a broken power, but you kind of you did a good job of nerfing it before I even got my point across. So, yeah. Touche, you're touche. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wiz Khalifa faces none of those issues. Thankfully. I mean, he might have asthma. Oh, we don't know. I would guess. I was going to say I would guess not, but he does smoke 
a bit. If he doesn't, he will. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that 25% success rate has earned him three American Music Award nominations, three ASCAP Pop Music Awards, one BET Best New Artist Award, and two more BET Hip Hop Awards on 16 nominations. A lot less than 25% successful there. He's got two Billboard Music Awards, including Top Rap Song for See You Again, featuring Charlie Puth. He's been nominated for a Golden Globe Award for Best Original Song. He also has a lot of MTV Video Music Award nominations, Teen Choice Awards, and although he's never won a Grammy, he's earned 10 nominations between 2012 and 2016. He's also been given an honorary Wiz Khalifa Day in Pittsburgh on December 12th, 2012. Wow. Yeah, I presume it's observed annually, but who knows? What good is having a day one time, you know? I mean, it's better than most people. I mean, I guess, but if you didn't celebrate Wiz Khalifa Day in 2012, then you just missed it forever? I mean, you could petition again another one every year he keeps reapplying the governor has to be like whiz we did this already (laughs) one of these years there will be another wiz khalifa day maybe you know what today is spin it wiz khalifa day how about that hang on we didn't vote on that oh you want to vote all right all those in favor say aye aye all opposed say nay nay well we're deadlocked it'll have to go to the senate i mean we gotta wait for cloture (laughs) we have a third voter who should be coming out relatively soon well, that's true. You're right. The mixtaper could vote on whether today should be Wiz Khalifa Day. Uh, is he ready? I'm ready for him and his vote. Oh, oh, well, already. Yeah, I suppose so. Bring the mixtaper out and we'll settle this once and for all. Hey, it's me, the mixtaper. Hello, the mixtaper. Welcome back to the podcast. We have a very important question we need you to decide this week. We're voting on whether Wiz Khalifa gets an honorary spin it day. And it's just this one time. Oh. It's just today when the episode comes out. Just today. Yeah. On the day the episode comes out. So if they if the audience listens to it after the day it came out, they missed it. Right. Just like Pittsburgh did, unless it's a an annual day. Yeah, unless it's Wednesday, December twelfth of twenty twelve. Wizen day. That's funny. Oh it's not really that funny. That's what they did on Wednesday. It's probably not. Are you impressed I knew the date? Yeah, I suppose so. Well, anyway, I need your vote. Uh, are you voting for or against Spin It with Khalifa Day? Oh, do I get my own day? I mean, yeah. We celebrate your birthday, right? Sometimes. I don't know. We're really we're really bad at celebrating birthdays on this podcast. And Mixtober, <laughs> you get some days. Yeah. As long as I get a day, I don't care who else gets a day. So sure. Oh, that's another vote. And that is two to one. I hereby decree that today... Friday, February 23rd, 2024, is Spin It Wiz Khalifa Day. Whoa! Yeah. You're welcome, Wiz. You're Wizcom. No, I don't like it. I don't like it either. (laughs) So what kind of facts have you brought for me this week? I learned last week to just shut up, so I'm not going to say anything. (laughs) Don't want to give me any ideas? No, I really, really (laughs) shot myself in the shell last week with all the snail things that went on, so I'm just leaving the ball in your court. Great. I have four supposedly true facts, as is standard. Uh-huh. I feel I feel like we haven't explained factors in a while, so, you know, that's a good time for anybody who's confused. Yeah. I will present them to you one at a time with a catchy headline that is more or less the thing that you're going to be judging it off of. Sometimes my headlines aren't really what the fact's about, but they're catchy and fun, so I say them anyways. But you will ask questions about them, for which I will provide answers, and then at the end of it, you will tell me if you think it is a true fact or something I made up. I then tell you the answer, you get a point if you're correct, we do that four times, winner takes all. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's about it. I'm gonna let you pick the order again this week. Oh, we're back to this. Uh, Yeah, well, it's been a minute. Okay. Is there any particular, like, final ramp? They all have that potential. Oh, I love that. Let's start with 
Lucky number two. He had an extremely high bail. Of hay or to get out of jail? To get out of jail. Okay, I just needed to know how to spell it for my notes. <laughs> an extremely high bail. First of all, how big was this bail? Uh, it's time to play our second favorite Aww. game show here on this podcast. Guess that dollar amount. In this game show, James tries to guess the dollar amount he just asked the question for. I think anything lower than $100,000 I would not consider extremely high. Okay. But would I consider it extremely high? I don't know. Wiz Khalifa is extremely high. A <laughs> million dollars is where I'm going to start the bidding. Ooh, too high. Okay. See, that's extreme. $400,000. Close, but too high. Ooh, $300,000. $300,000 is the correct answer. First guess. How would you have felt if I went wrong answer up there? <laughs> After you went yes. Oh, that would have been really good. Well, next time. $300,000 bail. That's a lot. What did he do? Possession and trafficking of marijuana. What? He would never. <laughs> How much did he possess? And where did he traffic it? Well, he was arrested at East Carolina University. Uh-oh. Yeah. I don't know how much, but for 300k bail must have been a lot. I mean. Well, if he's using If he's spending 10k a day. A month. I mean. A month. <laughs> oh, sorry. A month. You're right. 10k a, a day. Oh my gosh. <laughs> 300,000 isn't even what he spends on weed in a year. <laughs> if he's spending 10k a day. Yeah, it's probably a lot. Did he pay it and go out of jail? Yeah, yeah. The very next morning. Do you think they put the bail that high just because they went, ooh, he's Wiz Khalifa. We could really get some extra money here. Uh, part of me kind of wonders that. Christmas bonuses. Either that or like Carolina's super strict. Could be. This was back in 2010 during his Wake and Bacon tour. You say Wake and Bacon? Yeah, that's that, that was the name of the tour. Yeah, well, it just I understand what it means to him, but just to hear you say it, it sounds like <laughs> you're trying to wake up bacon. Yeah. Like B-A-C-O-N, like I'm trying to wake up. Yeah, I think I'm going to say this one seems true. I wouldn't be surprised if it is. So I'm going to say this one's a fact. You could also just say that it's a spin, and it would be super believable. So that's not good. So you're locking in fact? Yeah, it is suspicious that you said high, a high bail in your introduction, because it's weed, and high is kind of like its thing. <laughs> this is... A true fact. Oh, it's a true fact. Good. I lucked out on that. Yeah. Because you didn't make it up. Yep. In November 2010, during his Wake and Bacon tour at East Carolina University, he was arrested and then released the next morning and went back to his tour. That makes sense. Did he have to buy all new marijuana? Ugh. What a hassle. Ugh, another 10K. I don't know. Probably a lot on a tour themed around it, right? But who knows? Well, that's as many facts as I got right last week. So I'm off to a great start. So then the rest should be easy for me. You would think. <laughs> Let's move to number four next because it is 2024. So we'll go for two and four. Fair enough. He tried to trademark his laugh. He does have a very distinct signature laugh, actually. Mm -hmm. When did he try to do this? 2016. And why did he try to do this? Because it was used without his consent. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. That feels like, I mean, it feels like you don't need to trademark it. Just like copyright strike, whatever, you know what I mean? Like make a claim on whatever's using your voice without your permission. I mean, he did that too. He actually sued the, the company. I see. What was the company that illegally used his laugh? There's nothing funny about stealing a laugh. It was Death Row Records. What did they use his laugh for? On a record? In a promotional thing for like a celebration about rap. 
Really? They didn't get his permission first? Apparently not, because he sued them for it. Has he been affiliated with Death Row Records in the past? I don't know, probably not. Probably not. People he's been affiliated with are affiliated with them, so maybe, but not that I'm aware of. Sure. Never, like, signed with them. Did they steal anything else? What else did they use in this promo? I really don't know much about the promo. I know more about the attempt to trademark, which is what he did after winning the lawsuit. Okay. Yeah, wins the lawsuit for how much money? I don't know. Okay. Again, I know more about the trademark than I do about the lawsuit. So noted. <laughs> so he wins the lawsuit. Yeah. He goes and tries to trademark his laugh. What do they say? They say, no, you can't do that. It's a laugh. Or what, like what? I So I could not tell if he was successful. So I don't know anything about the trademark. No, 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 no. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I know about the process. Uh-huh. But I don't know if he was ultimately successful. So he applies for the trademark. It's originally declined. Probably because they were like, it's a laugh. Right. He has a lawyer appeal. And it turns out there is precedent for this sounds being trademarked like uh, apparently npc's three-tone chime and the pillsbury giggle are trademarked sounds really uh-huh i bet there are others too like kool-aid and oh yeah probably in the way that it is and so he like appeals that decision and i could not for the life of me find a ruling that said whether or not that was successful or not wow so it may or that's why i said tried to i didn't say it was didn't say it wasn't don't know if it's uh trademarked or not okay i'll do some research on that and if it's not trademarked we'll just put it in here right here fair enough and if not, if you didn't just hear Wiz Khalifa's laugh, then you know I either couldn't find it or that's trademarked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stop that. Quit laughing. That might be his laugh. Oh, oh gosh. We're going to get in trouble. I think this is a fact. I think this is true. I think he tried to trademark his laugh. The end. Yeah. Yeah, okay, the end. I honestly, I bet he kind of was successful. He uses it enough in his music, and it's not just like incidental, right? It's deliberate, and he puts it in his music, and it's how he's recognized in a lot of ways. So mm -hmm. I can see that being a part of his brand. This is a fan-suggested spin. Oh, no. Really? Yeah. Oh, That's wild. The mixtape has got a friend who's really into Wiz Khalifa, and he went a-knocking asking for advice on how to get believable spins. Oh. And he told me he had a notable laugh. He does. And so here we are. Wow. And so that was all fake, huh? 100%. Yeah, everything about it was fake. Other than, well, I shouldn't say everything. There was one true statement in there, and that's that the NBC three tone chime and the pillsbury giggle are trademarked that's true yeah figured that out when i typed in tr how to trademark a laugh <laughs> oh gosh are you you even made up a convoluted appeals process uh-huh yeah yeah i figured that'd make it more believable than just oh yeah he did it and i don't know what happened i feel like i believed it either way but wow and death row records is the record studio that released snoop dogg's debut album snoop doggy dog with the weird album art that's right wow that was a really good fake spin very good fan submission ah those always get me the most because everyone's fans of the artist and they know all the things that someone who knows the artist would know that you usually wouldn't uh-huh it was one of my best ideas it's a really good one <laughs> so what's next we'll jump to the beginning number one back to the beginning very good place to start so they say do you think Wiz Khalifa's seen The Sound of Music? Probably. Who hasn't? I don't know. The actual Von Trapp family? Dang. Number one, he believes in magic. Do you believe in magic? 
Yeah. Good. I also believe in life after love. Ooh. I don't stop believing. Oh. <laughs> okay, Wiz Khalifa believes in magic. <laughs> what kind of magic are we talking about? Like wizards or like like frogs that turn into princes or like witches. Isn't it all the same? No, it's not all the same. I mean, come on, witches and wizards are pretty similar. Maybe he believes in Magic the Gathering, like the card game. Okay, but all three things you named were like more based off of magic from wizards, right? You didn't name something like Magic the Gathering. Okay. <laughs> you, you, you gave me three examples and they were all like the same thing. Does he believe <laughs> illusionists? Like David Copperfield does something and he goes, well, that was real. So I don't think it goes to that extent, but I do think he believes true magic does exist. Okay. He's not being hoodwinked by illusionists <laughs> yeah he believes that magic as a as a force exists yeah so who does he believe wields or can harness this magic everyone specific people no one anyone i would say based on his description of it what is his description of it what can it do that magic is a force that exists in nature all around us and quote anyone can tap into the power if they are attuned enough However, the power of music can help open one up to the power of magic. Mm, interesting. So has he tapped into the power of magic? Yes. And what has it enabled him to do? Both therapeutically, music has helped him overcome some personal struggles, but also growing up he had chronic back pain that he says has been cured by the power of music and magic. I'm having flashbacks to Lipomyella meningocele. Uh, <laughs> so he believes magic healed his back pain? I would assume so based on, on that quote, yes. So I don't think he's out here thinking it's turning people into frogs and stuff. But <laughs> no, I think but that... imagine. That makes more sense than believing everyone turns into frogs. <laughs> I think I don't really know which way to lean on this one. Okay. I'm going to say it's a fact. This is... A spin. Oh, boo. Oh, no. <laughs> this one's one that I found where he said that he believes in the healing power of music as a therapy technique. And I just expanded on that and made it like real magic. Okay. What about the back pain? Yeah, yeah, no back pain. Oh, you're on a real back pain kick lately. <laughs> you're lying about everybody's spine. Then you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you brought that up and I went, oh man, I shouldn't have said back pain. He's not going to believe me. But then you did. I didn't believe you so much as I believed Wiz Khalifa. And speaking of not believing me, you're not going to believe this next one. He hates salty foods. <laughs> What's next? He has weed ghosts. Wiz Khalifa has weed <laughs> ghosts. You heard me. <laughs> okay. All right. So Machine Gun Kelly had weed ghosts. The last time we talked about that was episode nine. It's been a long, long time. Yep. Think about how many times we doubled. A lot. Machine Gun Kelly, his weed ghosts were just that when he smoked weed, he uh -huh. heard noises in his house and grabbed his gun. If I'm remembering right, he almost shot a weed ghost. <laughs> I knew you would have questions. And so I went and looked at my notes from way back in episode nine and machine gun kelly had weed ghost and tried to shoot another ghost and you're conflating the two together <laughs> you're right i am now that you mention it his weed ghosts were at his house and anyone who came and stayed past 7 p.m heard weed ghosts in the kitchen opening cabinets and messing in the pantry trying to find a snack right because they had the munchies that's why they were called weed ghosts not because they had anything to do with marijuana yeah and he said that sometimes they'll mess with the sink so he assumed they were doing the ghost dishes that's right <laughs> so what's up with wiz khalifa's weed ghosts are they the same just hungry he has weed smoking ghosts 
Oh, that's a whole different thing. What, how do the ghosts smoke weed? They don't have lungs. Are they just around when he smokes weed? Get it secondhand? <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe they're secondhand smokers. Yeah. No, sometimes he smells marijuana when he's the only one around and he's not actively smoking. And he'll discover some of his weed missing. Oh. So the ghosts are not only smokers, but they're thieves. Yeah, apparently. Do they do anything else? Do they mess with any of his other stuff? Is it just his weed sometimes? No, just weed. I mean, they're not like PlayStation ghosts. They're not playing the PlayStation. No. No, but they could be both. They could be. Ghosts aren't a monolith. I think it's suspicious, but wow, it hasn't come up in a long, long time. And it's a very different context. Apparently all the way back to episode nine. I mean, how? How what? I don't know. He doesn't know. How can you be sure that you're smelling weed and that it's like fresh? I mean, I think if you're smoking 10K a month, I think you know what it smells like. You probably would know. Yeah, but on the other side of that, if you're smoking 10K a month, it's probably like the scent lingers, doesn't it? Like in your furniture and stuff. Sure. Well, let me put it to you this way. I eat a lot of Chipotle and I can tell the difference between fresh Chipotle and like old Chipotle. And your couch that smells like Chipotle. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Sure. I'm not even spending 10K on Chipotle in a month. Who in their right mind could? (laughs) This is a spin. This is a spin? Yeah, this is a spin. I think you waited a long, long time to bring Weed Ghost back. It was true about Machine Gun Kelly. I think you saw this as a good opportunity to bring it back in a believable way. I don't think it's true. Okay. For the 50-50, I'm just now realizing that you said, oh, I got the same amount where I, how many I got last time. And here we are. You could potentially be in that boat again. Just get the same. I could lose three and one both times. Yeah. Yeah. But this week you did not. This is a spin. Oh, a relief. Fake Fake weed ghosts. ghosts. I was going to say the missing weed, he either smoked himself and didn't remember it, or it was taken by the Eastern Carolina University Police. (laughs) Sneaky, though. That was really sneaky. Thank you. Would you have believed it anymore if I had also combined it with ghost detecting equipment if i'd done a twofer i was worried that's where we were headed i thought about saying that he tried to root out these weed stealing ghosts using ten thousand dollars worth of ten thousand dollars worth of ghost detecting equipment i don't know if you could have put that and magic in the same four to know that he doesn't believe in magic but it's like so in on the weed ghost i would have been suspicious yeah yeah well, that's all I got. 50-50. Okay, that's pretty good, though. I'll take a 50-50 back in the swing of things here. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how the Grammy special went, but I haven't been 50-50 otherwise since BB King. Well, I'm off to a late night uh, Starbucks shift, so. Oh, well, good luck with that. They got me working the, like, midnight to 5 a.m. shift. That's a horrible shift. I didn't even know they had that. Well, good luck to you, I guess. At least you'll have plenty of chances to stay awake. Indeed. Until then... There he goes. Green and purple, green and purple. (laughs) Well, welcome back, Connor. I hate to listen to him go, but I love to hear him leave. I'm the opposite. I hate to hear him leave, but I love it when he's gone. So sad. Isn't it? I know. Let's talk about the album cover of Rolling Papers. It's very smoky, very hazy, and very green. Very green indeed. It's a little yellow. A little bit. A little bit yellow green. A little bit the color of something in a cartoon that smells really bad. Whoa. And there's like vapor coming off of it. That's what this color reminds me of, doesn't it? Yeah, you nailed it. I did. Actually, I didn't nail it. Greg Burke nailed it. Greg Burke was in charge of the design and art direction for the record. And the photographer for this hazy, smoky picture of Wiz was Darren Ankerman. So there you have it. Obviously, I think it fits the album quite well. 
It's an album triple entendre about rolling a joint. And this is clearly very joint inspired. It's a joint effort of all the people that worked on the album cover. Yeah. You look at this album, you know that Wiz Khalifa is a pop rap kind of guy. What did you expect to happen when you hit play on Rolling Papers and heard When I'm Gone for the first time? Well, I'll tell you what. I hit play and I went, if this is James's attempt to get me into rap music he's nailing it by starting me with a track that starts instrumental for a whole minute (laughs) a whole minute of instrumental nailing it that's good to hear well then we got a minute in and he started rapping (laughs) i was gonna say i didn't think that lasted the whole way but i do love the instrumentals on when i'm gone not just the quieter part at the beginning but i also really like the synth part that comes in and backs him up for the duration of the song we got two notes for this song that i think are important to say yeah he has a good rapping voice yes he does he's his style is very clear very clear and he enunciates a lot it's clean and he has some vocal range just when he's rapping his inflection is higher and lower you know it's not monotone rapping like some rappers we've done no there is some ebb and flow there to his voice right similar to singing but it's not it's him talk rapping there's a lot of talk rapping but there also is a lot of singing especially all his hooks and choruses yes that brings me to the second is i appreciate that there is singing as well Mm -hmm. and i guess i have a third thing i should say which is the instrumentals are very prominent in this song which i think helps make up for the rapping that I usually don't like because there's those instruments they're doing their own thing so prominently that I'm focused on that and the rapping almost becomes just another layer yeah. to, the, to the music in that way. Yes. Whereas other rap songs that we've listened to and even some on this album the rapping is the focal point and everything else is kind of out of the way and it's not necessarily my favorite in that scenario. Right. No, this definitely, the whole album does, it's like a production and instrumentals first approach to most of these tracks. Hooks are important. Sound is important. And I think he does a really good job of like establishing that element of the song. And it does. You're right. It it boosts his rapping a good bit. And I think it is, you know, he doesn't rap in the same register that he talks. Correct. We've had some people like that. I feel like Lil Wayne a little bit, but also like a lot of the Wu-Tang Clan, Uh they rap in the same register that they talk, whereas he like elevates it a little more and he's able to move it up and down and have a little better control because he's in a different area of his voice sure well when i'm gone i think is a great starting track you know i talked about how he had all these critics that said man Wiz khalifa just raps about the same thing over and over again and his songs are are boring and his lyrics are played out and overdone and this song is about that he addresses them directly head on right at the start of the album and he says hey i rap about what i know and what i know is drugs and girls in this lifestyle and so if you don't like it i'm sorry but i'm gonna be authentic to my experience and that's what it is so i think it's a great comeback to that kind of criticism it's just an interesting rebuttal i found the chorus catchy yeah i can't take it when i'm gone yeah i like it a lot gone, 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 gone. <laughs> <laughs> i think it's one of the better choruses on the album which is good for a strong start that's so good for a strong album but it's plenty good for a strong album well if you well, you're saying you're, you're exactly statement was it was one of the stronger choruses so that means they we're getting it all up front which means he's not maintaining it not all of it i'm not saying we're getting all of it up front okay but definitely here we do i like the sentiment you know you can't take the money with you when you die so why not spend it all right now and live how you want to live that's basically the idea that he's getting at for the first time on this track it's not the last time 
but it is the first time that he gets to that point. I like when I'm gone. Did the length get to you at all? We don't have any particularly short songs on this album, and rap could be really wordy. Yeah. <laughs> so a long song could could take you a lot of places and a a lot of brain power to get to. And that's when I'm gone. The next song on the album was the record's third single, and that's On My Level, featuring Too Short or Two Dollar Sign Hort. On My Level was actually released digitally before it went to radio, and it hit number 52 on the Billboard Hot 100. An impressive feat, for sure. And I think it's a great follow-up track to When I'm Gone, because after he refutes his critics, and, you know, he says, I don't care what you think, I'm going to write about what I know, and I'm going to sing about what I know, he challenges them to kind of get on his level. (laughs) He's always on his own level, and he's just saying, look, nobody can keep up with me. I can keep up with me, but you can't. What'd you think about On My Level? I was on its level. Were you? Yeah. Yeah. That sounds positive. The second verse lost me a little bit. Sure. For some reason, like the, the song started and he was like talk rapping and then he hit that chorus and I was grooving with the chorus. And then we went back to the talk rapping. It kind of pulled me out of it for a moment, but I recovered. Okay. I like this song. It's eerie. Yeah. Like the synth line in the background kind of just uses its like minor and half steps in a way. The mixtaper should have said that he believed in aliens because this has something like, ooh. Oh, like Close Encounters of the Third Kind kind of like theremins. Yeah. Close Encounters of the Third Kind kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. That'd be cool. The mixtaper's done a lot of alien facts in the past. It's true. Not as many ghost facts or magic facts. Definitely not as many magic facts. He might be rivaling the ghost facts uh, if you got the ghost detecting equipment. That's true. One thing I like on, on my level, but as we progress through the album, you start to realize he just does it a lot, is the way his vocals follow the synth line exactly in a very repetitive kind of way. I'm on my level. Yeah, I'm on my level. Yeah, like that over and over. It happens here. It happens, obviously, on Black and Yellow, Black and Yellow. <laughs> it happens on so many of these different songs, and it's not always bad. It just happens a lot. And at this point, it doesn't bother me because it's the first time it's really happened, but it definitely comes up again. I really like the low synth on On My Level. Yes. A lot of cool bass. It's a low level. Yeah. Well, it's the, in theory, it's a high level, but it's a low level. Well, well, yeah. The ba- yeah. It's a high level of low. Yes. Also notable we have features on this album did you bother to pick a favorite and is it too short i'm not gonna tell you until we get to the second one so that we don't ruin the suspense fair enough that makes sense enough to me i'm actually surprised that you picked one if you did i always pick a favorite feature i know i just sometimes forget about it well i'm not you i'm the perfect human that everybody craves to be (laughs) yeah sure well up next is the one Wiz khalifa song you probably already know i sure knew and that's black and yellow black and yellow that's black and yellow Yes, hugely popular. It sold 2.3 million units in 2010. What do you know about Black and Yellow? I know it was super popular and apparently sold millions of sales back in 2010. That is a very logical thing for you to know, it seems like. Well, but do you know why it's Black and Yellow? Uh, is it about a car? Well, the song is about a car, yes. And it's about a car that is Black and Yellow. Do you know why the car is black and yellow? Keep going. Oh, I got to keep going? I didn't pass the test? No. Is it because it's a bumblebee? Bumblebee? Yeah. Great guess. Totally incorrect guess. Oh, hang on. I can do better. I can do better. Okay. Is it because it's his favorite? Is it, wait, is it Pittsburgh Steelers colors? Oh, you're onto something. Why is it Pittsburgh Steelers colors? Well, I know Pittsburgh's like his home that he he declares that is his home. That's true. Growing up in Pittsburgh, 
Uh, did he have a black and yellow car? Well, yes, he did, but we're back. We are in a circle now. Uh, oh, oh, we're going backwards. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Let me explain. Yes, it is the color of his car. Yes, it is the color of the Steelers. And it's, in fact, the color of all of Pittsburgh's professional sports teams. Well, yes. Including the Penguins and the Pirates. Yeah, but who cares about them? Well, yeah, it's mostly the song is used in reference to the Steelers. But I learned that the teams are black and yellow or black and gold because the city's flag is black and yellow. And so this bit of black and yellow, it's a bit of regional city pride. Let's see. So it goes deeper than just being a fan of sports. He's a fan of where he lives. Well, he's a fan of the car that he had. He is also a big fan of the car he has, yes. (laughs) He said black and yellow was about the car and my jewelry. It's about civic pride, too. I'm from Pittsburgh. That's what made me get the black and yellow challenger. I could have got the old school orange, could have painted it any color, but I got it stock black and yellow. Yeah, but the old school orange isn't as cool as black and yellow. No, it's iconic. If I ever in my life get a black and yellow challenger, this is the first song I'm going to play in it. Oh, well, of course. Actually, I think the song surprised a lot of people. I don't think anyone expected it to blow up the way it did. Huh. Even Wiz himself was surprised by it. He said that he thought it would be a great introduction. Never thought it would explode. Co-writer and producer Tor Hermanson said, that's our first serious rap record, he and his co-producers. He said, we've always loved hip-hop, but because some of our early stuff was more melodic, we were never given the chance. When Wiz came to the studio, we gave him another song first, a harder, darker hip-hop record that he loved, and then we played him this track. He started saying black and yellow right away when he heard that synth line. We didn't really know how significant the colors were for someone from Pittsburgh. When it came out and became this big anthem for Pittsburgh and the Steelers going to the Super Bowl in 2011 which the timing was also very helpful for that. Yeah, I think that helped. <laughs> Definitely. He said, we were just in awe. That was the farthest thing from our minds when we were making it. But Wiz obviously knew what he was doing, and he came up with Black and Yellow, Black and Yellow. I think it's an excellent track. I think it's a fun song. I I don't think even you, with your general distaste of, of rap music... I haven't disliked a single song on this album so far. Wow, that's big. Stop trying to put me in this box. No! I wasn't putting you in the box. In fact, I was saying black and yellow transcends boxes. Mm. Even if you had not liked previous songs, this one would probably be one that had a little more appeal. I just really like some of these lines in the verses. I won't get into them because a lot of them are not for the podcast, but (laughs) man, some of them are really, really just really fun. So many rocks in my watch. I can't tell what the time is. That's pretty great. Man, it's great. It's fun. I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up on the playlist. I also don't know if I'd pick it for the playlist. I don't know what I'm picking for the playlist yet, to be frank. We'll see. Could be Black and Yellow. Could be Roll Up. It's probably not Roll Up, but Roll Up is the next song. Second single from the album. Peaked at number 13 on the Billboard Hot 100 and number 2 on the rap chart. And it even made the top 50 in the UK. Whenever you need me, whenever you want me, you know you can call me. I'll be there shortly. I'll roll up. Hey, this one stuck with you. He's an artist that knows the art of the chorus. Yes, he does. And I think that's his, really, one of his greatest strengths. Yep. He's a whiz. He's a chorus whiz. Yes, he is. Well, roll up is obviously another little bit of double entendre. He'll roll up weed... But he'll also roll up if you need him. Heck yeah. Clever wordplay. It's a really fun song. And if you need him to get you drugs, he'll double roll up. Oh, he'll roll up and roll up. Yeah. You know what? You're right. They call that a roll up square. A fruit roll up. A fruit roll up? That's what this song's about. I roll sure. up. Dude, fruit roll ups <laughs> needs to get this song and release a new commercial. I roll up. Get I on this. Up. Except it's like about drugs. So they probably wouldn't go for that. Yeah, well, they don't, They would skip around that part. No, that's the double part of the double entendre. Yeah, but kids aren't going to know that. No, they won't. They'll just think that someone rolls up, you know, says hey, and pulls out a fruit roll up. 
I roll up and I roll up. Yeah, I'm just imagining a cheesy freaking like late 2000s commercial of like a bunch of kids on skateboards and like the camera's really down low and they're like got the hand sign or whatever down looking down at the camera and they're like, I'll roll it up with like fruit roll ups hanging out of their mouth. I can see it now too. You know what? I like that. And then they like go skate. They're skating down the, the sidewalk or whatever all in a pack uh, with the fruit roll ups and it's be such a fun commercial. It would. And that's because this song is such a fun song. And... You can make it wholesome by them, like, going and getting their friend who was, like, couldn't, like, leave and they skateboarded at his place or something. Mm. So it's, you know, family values. Whenever you need me, whenever you want me. Yeah. I miss my calling. <laughs> Did you sniff the oh. paint again? <laughs> no, but that's exactly what I thought about when I started coughing like that. I was like, man. <laughs> I think Roll Up has one of the best synth lines on the album. It's so, so good. So memorable. I'm just a fan of the synth. I'm a fan of a tasteful synth. I think the synth can be overdone. This is tasteful. Yeah, I think this album is full of not overdone synth, track to track. You know what I'm missing, and I think we need in the year of healing? <laughs> Sounds like you're about to move on. Oh, oh, I wasn't about to move on, <laughs> but that's really funny. No, you're not. You just, the way you, you set it up, like it was like a, you know what, we, like you. Oh, no, okay. What are you missing in the year of healing? More synth? Tasty bongos. You want bongos. I'll see if I can make that happen. I need you to get me some bongos in the year of healing. Okay, I'll do my best. Carry on. Carrying on. Right, well, Roll Up, you know, it was the second single and it peaked so high on the charts. And it was a song that almost didn't even happen. They were getting ready to finish the album and they just needed another track. They needed more filler. And Wiz said... We talked about it for three minutes, and then I came up with that song. He said when he wrote Roll Up, I was trying to be funny, be as clever as possible. It's for guys to sing to chicks. And it's just a fun song. Heck yeah. So that's his take on it. A three-minute write. Rolling papers. He sat down without paper and just spat it out, I guess. Impressive and really good. Roll Up is such a catchy song, and it could definitely be my playlist pick. Hopes and Dreams could also also be my playlist pick, too. I really like the front half of this album a lot. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm not ready to move on yet. Oh, you're not? You know what I need? (laughs) What's that? Some Hopes and Dreams. Oh, yes. Hopes and Dreams. That seems like a pretty good place to move on if you're ready now. Oh, yeah. I just wanted to bring that back up for you. Oh, thanks. Time to get low, 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 low. I'm ready to go, 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 go. Yeah, it sounds like it. When you say it that fast, it really doesn't convey the same vibes that Hopes and Dreams has, but that's okay. (laughs) Wiz calls Hopes and Dreams a strip club anthem. In fact, a visit to one of his local Pittsburgh strip clubs is what inspired this. He said he liked the music that they played so much, he decided to try and make some of his own. I'll be honest. I've never been in a strip club. No, me either. So maybe this is strip clubby. I guess I could see it. But I've been in clubs. Okay. I was in chess club. I was in bell choir club. Oh, no, I think the vibes are a little different. I think that's it, honestly, that had the word club in the title. I've been in other clubs, but they didn't have the word club in the title. So, you know, I've been in two clubs. Yeah. And I think this is a good anthem for them. Okay. Like, just imagine, like, playing chess to this song. Really? (laughs) I I guess. Imagine that you pick up your queen and you're like, ready to go, 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 go. And you like move it across the board. Fair enough. I thought it was rather strip clubby, having also never been to a strip club and speaking purely out of my realm of experience. I thought it sounded like it could be strip clubby, but not super anthemic. 
When I think of an anthem, it doesn't sound anything like Hopes and Dreams. It's way too chill. Well, I mean... But you're right. It is a good song to play chess to. Yeah. I throw my money when I see you every time. Yeah. <laughs> you know we ball, but this ain't no game. <laughs> Spending it all, because that's what we came for. Definitely sounds like a chess club. <laughs> yep. More like a chest club. Oh, that was good. <laughs> Thank you. Actually, I thought it was a little stupid. No, I thought it was funny. That was great. That was quick. Thanks. I do really love, though, that, that call and response style echo on the chorus, the back and forth of it all. Yeah. They do it on the first track, too. Mm-hmm. They do a little bit. One thing I have to point out here, because they do it right and well here, is that guitar. The delay on that guitar and how it's not overpowering or overbearing, and it's just there to augment the atmosphere of the song. That's what I'm for. There's guitar later on the album in, in one of the only other places that I notice it, but it's, like, much rougher to me. Much more abrasive. Pulls me out of it a little bit. But we'll get there in a bit. Sounds like we're kind of riding high here. Hopes and Dreams was my least favorite of the five, but I still liked it. Sure. That's good. Well, then we moved into Wake Up. Wake Up. Wake Up. I don't want to wake up. Me every morning. Yeah. I should say this is my alarm. <laughs> I know. So relatable. I don't want to wake up either, Wiz. Does it make a great alarm song? Just <laughs> 6, <laughs> 6 a.m. 6 As you're waking up. Rolls around on some, on some of my speakers. Just wake up. Wake up. And then I go, I don't want to wake up. That's pretty good, actually. I like that. I might do that tonight. See how that goes. See if it does wake you up. Yeah. <laughs> See if you wake up to wake up. Wake up. It's a song about the hard work that he's put in to achieve his hopes and dreams and make it to the top of the industry. And he says it pretty explicitly in the lyrics, on my job every day, because it's hard not to see I came up in a big way. It's like a dream I don't want to wake up from. This song is interesting because it's so stripped back. You know, he's been so careful with the atmosphere of the first five tracks. And the way that he establishes that is through the synth a lot. So much of the verses of Wake Up is missing that. It's just drums and claps and his rapping. Yeah. The synth comes back, I mean, in full on the chorus. But I think it's a great change of pace to kind of lose it for a little bit in the middle of this song. I will say, though, it does not quite have the melody of the other tracks. It kind of hangs on one note for quite a while, especially the hook. But that's not all bad. I like the line, let you in the game, so you better play your part. Yeah, right? It's a good line. Like there are stakes and there are consequences and you got a, a standard you have to live up to if you're going to be at the top. It's good. It's not the last time he talks about this either. I definitely can pick out a couple good recurring themes that come up over multiple tracks on this album. And there's a few of them. It's not just like this one comes up twice or three times. It's like several of them come up twice or three times. And I think one of those times for the same kind of sentiment of Wake Up is the track that immediately follows it, The Race. Well, I got one more right before we move on. There's the other line I wanted to highlight. Yeah, certified poetry? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah why not? I haven't certified anything in a while. Get on straight, never switch lane on my job every day because it's hard not to see. It doesn't sound as eloquent when I just talk, speak it to you, but... Can you rap it? No. <laughs> I didn't think so. I know a lot of the times I say no and then try it anyways. This one I'm not going to try. <laughs> That's probably for the best. If he'd sue us over his laugh, he'd sure sue us over that. Good thing he wouldn't sue us over his laugh. It's true. It's not trademarked. The metaphor in there is really good. Yeah. He doesn't want to wake up from the dream of how things are, even if they're not really the way they are. True. Or even if they are the way they are, you know, the chance that they could be better by doing something different doesn't happen. Yeah. He never switches lanes. That's a good point. But yeah, speaking of switching lanes. Vroom. And, you know, driving. 
doing other things. The race is the next track, and the race is that same sentiment about being on the road to victory and the way everyone's competing to be successful and to achieve their goals. So I think it takes a bigger point of view than wake up which is all about me i don't want to wake up i want to keep grinding i'm going to keep pushing the race is like oh everyone else around me is grinding and pushing too everybody's coming at it everybody be racing yeah and he says i'm going to keep doing it better than everybody else wiz says it's a personal song without being too preachy it really just explains how i feel at certain points just doing work anyone can feel like that when you're grinding from the bottom and get to a certain point you see people who in the beginning or in the middle were riding with you and then there's some adversity and at the end of the day it's about who's with you in the end when you finish the race the race was the fourth single from the album and it hit number 66 on the hot 100 i really like the race i like the way it starts with a little bit more of an instrumental part seems like you like this album a lot i do like a lot of parts of this album so it's interesting the way we started out this episode i almost thought this was gonna be not so great for you as well because especially like last week you teased that like oh connor's definitely not gonna like this one i did and so that just made me think you also didn't like it and you were bringing one that we were both not gonna like together but uh, no i really enjoy this album don't box me into a corner well i figure you know you're boxing me and so you know we're boxing each other here this episode so we'll just box each other into corners yeah hopefully the same corner because if not i'll get lonely that's fair you know what you were with me in the beginning and and in the middle and then we ran into some adversity but it's really about where we're going to be at the end of the race oh yeah that's how it's going to go i kind of like the whistly kind of sounds going on in the race yeah that's interesting it's unique and the shapeless o's that make up the chorus like the choir kind of part behind him it's not really a choir just the extra background vocals are really nice on the race and we get to hear the laugh front and center at a couple different points yep it's very clearly there at at least a minute and a half maybe more times not trademark no but don't do it i mean it's, he definitely owns it <laughs> he made it it's true it's just such a chill song you know he's doing him i love it it's just such a vibey album so many parts of it are so hooky so memorable so atmospheric I'm just saying a lot of the same words over and over again. It's great. You really are. I know. Well, Star of the Show is up next, and I don't have a lot of the same things to say about Star of the Show. It is the next feature featuring Chevy Woods. And the whole point of the song is, you know, he says, stay awake from the fake or the phony. Everybody wants to be the star of the show. And that's pretty much it. Pretty much all there is to it thematically. Look out for people who will do anything to increase their standing or status. You know, they might stab you in the back or take advantage of you. The real stars of the show are the ones who don't do that. Heck yeah. We've made it to our second feature. Mm -hmm. Yes, we have. And what's the verdict? Do we... Well, I guess there's three features. We've come to our second of three features. But you so said we would get to one more, and then I will tell you. <laughs> Fair enough. I think the star of the show is the first kind of swing and a miss for me on this record. Okay. It's long. It's four minutes and 45 seconds. It doesn't have the same kind of hooky chorus as the rest of them. I mean, we get a little bit at the end show, whoa, whoa, but it's not nearly as sticky. It doesn't plant itself in my brain as hard as the other ones. And the atmosphere kind of has that same edgy eerie energy of on my level but not really it's not as enrapturing i don't know i don't feel as caught up in it plus there are so many lyrics in this song it's one of the longest on the album and it's one of the wordiest on the album he takes some long verses here yeah i think i agree with you that start of the show is my least favorite track so far yeah it doesn't surprise me i mean looking forward it remains one of my bottom three or four. So it's not like a harbinger of the end, you know, the end of the good. But it definitely, eh, definitely doesn't excite me. Fair enough. Do you sleep 
on this track? I do sleep on Star of the Show, I guess. Well, but I don't sleep on No Sleep. There you go. I, in fact, set an alarm to wake up to No Sleep. Is it wake up? Yeah, I set a wake up alarm to wake up to No Sleep. Oh, fair enough. No Sleep is one of the shortest, no, the shortest track on the album. Actually, it's the fifth single. It is, like I said, kind of a sleeper hit. The second highest charting song from this record behind Black and Yellow, peaking at number six on the Hot 100 and even 38 on the pop charts. I'm not sure I agree that it deserves second best status like the charts have given it. But, you know, I do suppose it has a broader appeal than most of the other songs on this album. That's kind of because of its length. That's kind of because of its chorus. What do you mean? I mean, it sounds a lot less of a traditional rap song than most of the others prior to this. Okay. I mean, a lot of the song is chorus. No job and no sleeping. Live it up like it's the weekend. It's a good chorus, and I think that hooks a lot of people. It's a party song. Well, it's a post-party song. A morning after, where he reminisces on the night and how much sleep he did not get for various reasons. I liked no sleep. You did? I like no driving, no sleeping. That hook got me. Oh, I know. It's so good. And it being the shortest song helped it, I think. Yeah, it sure does. It doesn't get played out. In fact, it leaves me wanting more of it, which I think each of these songs, I mean, for the most part, I leave satisfied. I don't want more, but I don't want less. I think a lot of them are good at hitting that mark perfectly. But No Sleep is one that, man, I just wish they had one more chorus, one more verse, one more something. I don't want it to end when it's over. I want to keep the party going. Sorry, I'm just sitting here going, no, driving. No. <laughs> like in my head, I'm just... <laughs> keep, yeah, see? It keeps coming. It keeps coming. You know what better not keep coming, though? Uh, His ex. She needs to get her uh, stuff. Go. Uh, go. That's what needs to happen. Go now. In the next track, that spin it... <laughs> is colloquially referring to as get your stuff yeah we're a family friendly podcast that's right and that's why we're talking about Wiz <laughs> Khalifa and how many times we've talked about marijuana yeah but what'd you expect you clicked on the Wiz Khalifa episode that's not on us so in that case <laughs> no. <laughs> no but it's all about you know in this song he's talking to someone after and honestly during a breakup talking to his ex it's time for her to be out of her life and she needs to get all the stuff out of his house i love you but this ain't right for us so it's time for you to pack up and go i like that this one starts on a chorus i think that's a strong place to start i'm tired of arguing and fighting girl he just he knows how to do a chorus i think he's of the rappers we've done he's had the best choruses really yeah does that include Lil Nas X? yeah I think it does. You gave a nine to Lil Nas X. Oh my goodness. Yeah, and I gave that nine to Lil Nas X because I figured that would be the closest to rap that ever made it to a nine. Yeah, that's true. I think that's exactly what you said. <laughs> I said I gotta give it I gotta get my nine in now because it's probably never gonna happen again. Because we may never get this close again. Yeah. Let's put it this way. I know you said this is more rap hip hop and not tr- necessarily true traditional rap. It is. But this is closer to real rap. Well, it's definitely rap. This is closer to rap than Montero, in my opinion. I think Montero leaned more towards the hip hop. Totally. I know we also called that one hip hop rap, but that one leaned, I think, closer to the hip hop. I mean, it had the giant brass section, horn sections, and the. It did. It really leaned into that hip hop. So I think for that reason. I, I'll say that Wiz Khalifa's had the best rap choruses. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that's a good clarification. Well, while she gets her stuff and gets out, Wiz Khalifa gets his stuff 
and takes it to the top floor. That's the next track. Yeah, where he gets low, 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 low. <laughs> yeah, isn't that funny? <laughs> I don't know. This song started the most annoying. <laughs> Did it? I was not a fan of the start of this one. It does have that certain voice altering, repeating thing that you just tend not to like. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, what is this? Little Wayne did one like that too that you also hated. A Millie? No, I liked a Millie. A Millie. No, I think you didn't mind it on a Millie, but this reminds me about it. Top floor. It's that classic success story. Almost the same kind of thing he talks about in Wake Up and the race. You started at the bottom. You're moving on up in the world. You know, now we're in an expensive penthouse living life together, even though we started out not here and had to work for it and get to it and grow into it. This is the song that I think lacks that kind of chorus that you like so much. Uh Uh-huh. And for that reason, it gets the official worst song on the album for me. Whoa, really? It's not my worst song on the album, but it does get a little repetitive. It's just the thing that I hated in the first 10 seconds is just there ever present in the background the whole time. (laughs) It's, It's there. It's there constantly. Mocking me. I don't know if it's mocking you, but yeah. After a while, it turns into just, it's telling me I suck. It's just like, Kana, you suck. Kana, you suck. Oh, <laughs> yeah, then I understand why you wouldn't like it. That might have been my insecurities talking. Wow, that's a shame, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's hard being the being perfect. Everybody wants to tear you down. Right, take you down from the top floor. This is another instance where, I mean, that hook is altered vocals, but also that chorus features a lot of vocal alteration. Yeah, get it out of here. You don't need it. Yeah. You have a good voice. You talked about how clear his vocals are and how much that elevates what he's doing and contributes to his style. It is interesting that he departs from it so much for the chorus. Chorus is in quotation marks on top floor. And it's it's no new sentiment. It's the same kind of grind mentality that we've talked about four other times already. (laughs) You know, I don't think it brings much new to the table. Up next is Fly Solo, the ballad of a single man. AKA Wiz Khalifa does rock. (laughs) It started out, it reminded me of like a rock song. It does. (laughs) I was trying to figure out exactly which band to compare it to, which rock band we've done. So specifically to me, it reminds me of that one song on 30 Seconds to Mars's America that wasn't Cynthian produced. Okay, okay, I was gonna say 30 Seconds to Mars. Yeah. But I was afraid you'd be like, no, that's ridiculous, absolutely not. Well, it's just it's that one song that Jared Leto didn't do. You remember the one. Well, it's that one, and it's... Apparently I didn't write it down, but I was going back and forth between that and something else. Was it R.E.M.? Oh, no. maybe. There's another rock album that we did that this one just kept like reminding me of. It's mainly the instruments doing it. Yes. The instruments and the vocal rhythm. This is the one where I said the guitar comes in and it's too much and it's not good. Really? I don't think it's a good fit for his voice. I mean, it, it fits the style of song. So you weren't a fan of Fly Solo? No, I wasn't. Oh, I liked Fly Solo. Really? Yeah. I like it thematically, right? Because we get a glimpse of him alone with his thoughts. And it's cool that we get a tiny little bit of vulnerability beneath a surface that he's been pretty hesitant to crack even slightly for us to this point. So I think it's a good tone shift for the record. I just don't like the method. All these other songs have been so expansive and big. And this is just like a band on a small stage with the drum set and a guitar. You know what I mean? I feel like I lose a lot of that size of the rest of the album here. feels like it takes place in a different setting. Was it Red Hot Chili Peppers? Well, I thought about them, but they're a little too syncopated for what this is. It's the higher, I don't want to call it California rock, but it's just that like, it's got like a, a specific groove to it. That's a specific flavor of rock that I'm struggling to pinpoint now especially on the like ah fly solo like that part you know what it is you know what that is kid cuddy is that kid cuddy i just i hear when you just said it right there that sounds a lot like 
a Kid Cudi thing. Simple as. Day and night. I just I just went to Kid Cudi. Day and night's kind of got that. Day and night. No, but I think it's simple as. that do it? No, that doesn't. Interesting. Is it going to bug us forever if we can't remember what Fly Solo reminds us of? I'm going to figure it out. Okay. Figure it out right now? or I'll figure it out by the end of the episode, hopefully. Yeah. We'll see. But before we get to the end of the episode, we got to get through the rooftops. Kind of the same as top floor, but move it a little bit above that. That was a funny joke. It was okay. Wow. Dang. Okay. You can do better. I can. It's true. Rooftops introduces our third and officially final feature now, Currency. So now now do we get to know who your favorite feature was? Was it Currency? <laughs> it was not Currency. <laughs> it is two dollar sign Hort. Well, there you go. <laughs> On my level. Way back. Way, way back. Any justifications? No, it's just my, it's my favorite. Any praise? I don't have to justify my my opinions. Okay. That's why they're opinions. That's true. Is it Kaleo? Oh, it could be Kaleo. It's got that softer rock sound to it on the higher vocal range. Automobile, lay me down. Could be Kaleo I was thinking of. That makes sense. Rooftops kind of paints this picture that, you know, the ultimate story of success is to look down at the city and everyone in it from the rooftops of buildings that you weren't even allowed into before you were successful, before you made it there. I think this has... A better chorus than some, like Top Floor and others, star of the show. But I do think it's a weaker chorus. It's it's just a drone kind of a chorus. Yeah. And I don't like the way it drones on so much. The album is ending on a bit of a struggle. It's kind of tripped over itself a little bit. <laughs> I would agree. It's not all bad. It's just that I think the last highest point that we get for me is get your stuff for Top Floor. I was okay. You see, I liked Fly Solo better than Top Floor. Fly Solo is a dip. And I think I liked it better than Get Your Stuff. Wow. I didn't. I was a fan of Fly Solo, though. I think Rooftops is all right. I get through Rooftops to get to the end of the album. I don't mind it. It's inoffensive, but... You see, it's not my least favorite. No, clearly not. Yeah. Top Floor earned your least favorite. Top Floor was on the bottom of... Rooftops is above that. (laughs) It's true. That is how Rooftops work. Oh, so it's funny. Yeah, it is funny when I frame (laughs) it like that, huh? Okay. Yeah. It's the same joke. We just had to say it later, I guess. Yeah, you just had to say it in the context of a conversation rather than contrived. Okay, sure. Up next and up last, last but not least for you, could it be least for me? I don't know. They got the top floor, then they put the roof on, then they add the cameras. Oh, didn't think about it like that, and neither did anyone else ever (laughs) until right now. It's because they're not perfect like me. Congratulations. That is an original thought. (laughs) (laughs) Cameras is up last. It samples a 1996 song by Jay-Z called Politics As Usual, and it is yet again another song about how life has changed, just like rooftops and just like top floor, but it is, refreshingly, a little more retrospective. It looks back on the past instead of just looking down at the present, which I absolutely like. The synth is aggressive in this. If you like that aggressive synth, it's back on camera after taking a little bit of a break. Yeah. Which is a good place to end the album. I think it ties us back to when I'm gone really well. Yeah, it it brought the album back up out of the rooftop slump. That's good. I kind of agree with that. Cameras, it's a solid ending to the album. And the chorus is like middle of the road for the album for me. Not as bad as the worst, but not as good as the best. I do, here's the thing though, I do like all the ways that the chorus pulls back in other elements of this album. You got a new place, like Top Floor. You drive a new car, like Black and Yellow. You smile for the cameras, live life like a superstar, like Star of the Show. You don't care what they say, like When I'm Gone. You know what I mean? You've got everything you always dreamed or thought about, like rooftops, and everyone knows who you are. I think it's a really 
interesting way to bring back so many thematic elements of this album that have kind of been present the whole way through, but wrapped up in one nice little package. It hits different. I think it's a good retrospective. <laughs> Quit sniffing the paint. I can't help it. <laughs> hey, incoming late episode fact about Wiz Khalifa. Apparently he was on The Masked Singer. Oh, he was on The Masked Singer? That's what I'm being told by a fan as we speak. Interesting. Well, I don't want to know who he is, so if I watch The Masked Singer, maybe I could pick him out. Maybe I could figure out who he was. He whiz on it. He whiz on it. Darn it. <laughs> well, I think it is time for final spin. I'm This final spin intrigues me. More so than any that you've done in a long time, I think. Yeah. Well, you're good. you got to start in order to get to mine. <laughs> I know. So. I'm just, I'm, I'm thinking. There are ones you've done recently that have surprised me, but I haven't been anticipating so in this way. You know what I mean? Like, the Gershwins surprised me, but I wasn't intrigued like I am right now. Mm, understandable. Yeah. I've thought a lot about this album as I've geared up for the episode and revisited it and stuff. I think when he wrote the lyrics for this album, almost, almost seriously. Seriously, it feels like he had a word bank of about 150 words. And he was like, let's see how often I can use all of these in an album. Because some of them come up a lot. I don't know if you realized and paid attention, but some of them come up a lot. It's thematic. All of his songs work together. They do work together in a lot of ways. It's true. But I can see why people have been critical of him for only rapping about one thing over and over and over and over. This is evidence. This is proof right here. And it's cool because like he says, you know, that's his life and it sounds great and it's so well produced and very enjoyable. And I really do like the album probably beyond the score I'm about to give it. But lyrically, sometimes it felt like I was just beating my head into a wall with the same kind of thoughts and feelings just interspersed over different beats. And I think at some points it sounds a little 2009, which is fine, except the album came out in 2011. So read into that what you will. But as for the scores, given music in 80, great choruses. I like what you said about his vocal range and his dynamic rapping. I think that's huge. I'm giving music an 80. Lyrics, I'm giving an 82. I do like the thematic consistency track to track to track. I don't like the the pointed lack of new imagery. I feel like we hit the last truly new, unique idea around track six-ish. <laughs> And then the rest kind of rehashes and reshapes what we've already heard. But 82 on the lyrics. Instruments and production, given a 75, I think that's an instruments thing. I think the guitar on Fly Solo heard me a little bit. I think the lack of different instruments threw me off on this one a little bit. The way they use what they have is excellent. But yeah, I don't know. That's where I'm at. 75. Mm. Overall vibe, 76. It's a little bit lengthy. The songs are a little bit long, but it's fun and it's enjoyable and it's entertaining. And it's much better than the other Wiz Khalifa album I listened to. And I need to listen to more of his stuff and just get around a little bit. He's done sequel albums to Rolling Papers. There's Rolling Papers 2 and so forth. So maybe I should dive into those too. Anyway, my overall score for this album is an 80.3, which puts it at number 515 above rascal flats me and my gang but actually below wu-tang clan and enter the wu-tang lower than i thought that was gonna be yeah it sounded like it when you said oh it sounds like you might score this one pretty high i was like oh wait till he hears did i say score high i just thought i thought said it sounded like you liked it more than i thought you would but then it ended up you liked it about as much as i thought you would you just gave it way more praise in the episode well that's true i do like it a lot now to be clear the score does not reflect my enjoyment you're right you're right i think it just reflects how good you're allowed to like bad things yeah oh what a good motto so my turn <laughs> gotta put the airbrush cleaner down <laughs> <laughs> yes it is your turn if you are prepared all right well what are 
you what do you want to know first? My score, my top three, or my playlist pick? Give me two of the top three, then give me your score, and then give me the other two of your top three. And then the playlist pick last? Yeah. Okay. That's a weird way to do it. It's the most non-special episode. In album order, when I'm gone. Right off the bat. And on my level. Oh, a second one right off the bat. Ooh, now we get to wait and see after your score if you come back and keep giving. Yeah, yeah. As for my score, this one gets nine whiz wuzzes. Wow. Oh my gosh. Oh, I'm shocked. That'll teach you to put me in a box. Wow. <laughs> I, I, the Montero comparison was a key hint at this, but I didn't want to get my hopes up. Not only was Montero comparison a key hint, what I said, what I ended up deciding I thought it sounded like is another key hint. Got the, a little bit of those Kaleo vibes. And this is going right above Montero, right below Kaleo on my ranking list. Wow. A nine. Wiz Khalifa made the nines. On an album that apparently isn't one of his more popular ones. Critically, a 59 out of 100, metacritically. But I enjoyed it. It was it was good for me. Wow. Maybe I was just in the right mood when I listened to it. Maybe. But maybe this was it. Maybe. Wow, what a year of healing moment. Maybe we finally got my white whale. Maybe. Yeah, maybe we did. I think it's rare that you and I disagree on an album in this direction. Yeah, usually you like it better than I did. <laughs> that I've picked. Except for the ones I pick. I typically uh, like mine better than you. In fact, I don't think there's been a single one of mine you've liked better than me. That's true. I think the only way that could be is if I somehow... I think if I if I picked one that you put in like your top 50, I think maybe that would mean you liked it better than me. I think that's where the threshold would be. That could be. Because your top 50 is exclusive. It's pretty tough to crack, yeah. I haven't even cracked top 100, let alone top 50. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Yeah, another nine is, uh, wow, I'm so proud of that. I feel like I've, I've won rap. Well, I mean, the credit goes to Wiz Khalifa, but sure, you can be proud. <laughs> well, sure, yeah, naturally. But wow, he really was on your level. Now we have a good place to start for what Connor's Hippin' and Hoppin' album should sound like. Yeah, honestly, it should be a mixture of this and Montero. Yeah, maybe it should. As for my other top three. Oh, yes, the last the last two top three. Do we keep going in order? You had When I'm Gone and On My Level. Black and Yellow. You know what it is. Conorable mention. No sleep. Oh, big jump. So you skipped over Hopes and Dreams and mm -hmm. you skipped over you skipped over Fruit Roll Up Commercial and Chess Club Anthem <laughs> Hopes and Dreams. Yep. You skipped over Alarm Clock Wake Up. I did feel bad about skipping over Fruit Roll Up Commercial because I did like that one. But yeah, it goes to No Sleep. Interesting. And a surprise fifth pick. Whoa. Another carnival mention. Fly Solo. Fly Solo. Interesting. Ooh, what a mention. It had to be mentioned. So it did. Where does that leave you for playlist picks? That's a good question. What are you thinking? I don't know. I'll be honest. I like a lot of these songs a lot. I think we can eliminate cameras, rooftops, top floor, get your stuff. I really enjoyed Fly Solo, especially the chorus and the intro, but I don't think it's a big enough song. It doesn't go big. As big as some of my other top three, unfortunately. So I think it's going to get eliminated for that reason. Yeah. Like I said, it's a band on a stage and not an atmospheric rap piece. Yeah. I think we can get rid of Star of the Show. I think we can get rid of the race. I don't know. I kind of like the race. Let's not get rid of the race yet. Well, I'll tell you, I'm down to black and yellow and on my level. I mean, I couldn't complain about either of those. And I'm leaning on my level. I think it's got the more fun instrumentals with that deeper bass. 
and the synth mm-hmm. and the chorus isn't just the words black and yellow. It's not as well known. It's not as you know overly played as black and yellow. Sure, but the rapping is a, is a little more flat on that one. Yeah, so hard. I like how you started this album being like, if this is my attempt to get you into rap, it's working. And then it worked. Yeah, that was another hint. Yeah, it was. I could also go no sleep. I know it was a honorable mention, but it's got another good chorus. I think maybe I'll just go black and yellow. I'll be basic. Okay. You go black and yellow. I think if you take black and yellow, that leaves me between roll up and the race. I'm a big fan of Roll Up, too. I was sad. I just didn't want to ta- be down two playlist picks in the future. Or I would have taken Roll Up, too. So I could get... And then that, and then we're back-to-back tracks like we like to do. That's true. The problem is I like the instrumentals on the race a lot better. Yeah. I, I like Roll Up better, but you can pick whatever you want. Especially that intro to Roll Up. Like, I'm in the Roll Up the minute it starts. You know what? Since you gave this a nine, I will acquiesce. And I'll take Roll Up. I want you to have fond memories of this album on the playlist. The problem is on my level also just has a fun intro. Well, on my level was not on my shortlist. Well, I think on my level, it has a little more of the atmosphere, but it doesn't get big either. Yeah. It stays kind of small and compact. Yeah, okay. We'll do roll up in black and yellow. Okay. Well, this has been a surprising episode. Yeah, especially considering, again, the end of last week, you were like, oh, Connor's going to hate me after this next one. Well, I said it may be a (laughs) a hiccup in the year of healing, but I guess it healed us even more than I ever imagined. Maybe the real healing whizzed the rap songs we learned along the way. Yeah, maybe. I don't want to wake up. It's like a dream I don't want to wake up from. But, alas, it is time for this episode to come to an end. Thank you so much for listening, for checking this out. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want more Spin It content, you can find us on Instagram at Spin It Pod, on Twitter at Spin It Pod Official. I did that backwards. Wow. Oh my goodness, we're on. Sorry. It's only been 137 episodes. I know. You can find us on Instagram at Spin It Pod Official, on X at Spin It Pod, and of course on the web at www.spinitpod.com. Maybe the www stands for whiz, whiz, whiz. <laughs> it does now. The worldwide whiz. We don't know. The whiz, whiz, whiz.spinitpod.com. Stay tuned for another surprising episode next week, and tell a friend who's been to one too many chest clubs about this podcast. I do like calling strip clubs that from now on. They're not strip clubs, they're chest clubs. <laughs> yeah, like, it'll make people really confused, but hey. But yeah, until then. Yeah, have a great week running the race, and until you wake up with no sleep, keep, keep spinning. spinning. What do you think? Was that a, a special episode? Yeah. A good leap year pregame? Yeah, I think that was a good, that was a good leap game. Yeah. Oh, we got to figure out how we're going to celebrate Wiz Khalifa Day. It's almost over. Oh, shoot. Another day that we forgot to celebrate. Maybe we should make it annual. Maybe we should annually celebrate Wiz Khalifa Day on Leap Year. Oh. I know this episode didn't come out on Leap Year, but what if every four years, February 29th is Wiz Khalifa Day for spinning? I don't know what that means. That means in four years we'll be doing another Wiz Khalifa episode. (laughs) Who can say? It could happen. I gotta go get rid of this airbrush cleaner. Okay, but like dispose of it properly. Bye.